great encouragement. If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21, uh, we come to a, a great passage. Uh, it's the Palm Sunday passage. We've passed Easter, and I couldn't line it up properly, and so uh, here we are on Palm Sunday, uh, a few weeks after Easter. It's all right. Um, I, I want to tell you that this is how Jesus walks into a city. And I, I realize that a, as, um, as him presenting himself as king, it's different than people expected. Uh, and even different than people wanted it. Uh, but I, I want to encourage you that, that Jesus isn't coming to you and saying, what do you want? Uh, there used to be a, I think it was burger king or something that the, the, their big line was you could get your burger any way you wanted it and uh, that was somehow making you king of burgers or something like that make you feeling great because you I got it the way I wanted it and I want to tell you that Jesus isn't a king that you wanted uh, he isn't the one where you ordered him up and uh, he does exactly what you want uh, he's not even what you expected I, I think sometimes we get a picture in our mind of this is the way Jesus would do things, and, and sometimes he doesn't do them that way, and we go, well, I wouldn't have done it that way, and that, you know, that's okay, too. That may show us something as well, that, uh, that we're not ready to be king or queen anytime soon uh, because of uh, we would do it differently than Jesus. We come to a passage where uh, it's drawing uh, the earthly mission of Jesus to a conclusion, and so it's exciting. Uh, it, it's culminating. We've, we've seen uh, scenes and stories and uh, events along the road, but now it's coming down to it. Uh, and so we come uh, to chapter 21. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you uh, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming, humbled and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They, they brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd split, sp spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting hosanna to the son of david blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest and when he entered jerusalem the whole city was stirred up saying who is this and the crowd said this is the prophet jesus from nazareth of Galilee. God, we ask your blessing on your word this morning. We ask that your, your people would be encouraged. God, I pray that as we come from our week and what has gone on, 
that you would allow us to put that week in perspective based upon who Jesus is in this passage. And that it would also fit us for the week to come. The events and details we don't know about, the things that are on our schedule that we may fear. God, may we uh, embrace your plan as well as your son Jesus because of our time together. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks for coming to church today. I'm always shocked that you show up. <laughs> serious. I'm serious. So uh, there was a time I was a, a church planner, and uh, we had, seriously, we had one Sunday where there were 12 people there, 12 people, and six of them were Boslers. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, it was it was rough. It was a rough rough Sunday at church. Um, what were we talking about? Jesus. There we go. Jesus going into Jerusalem. So we start out in verse one, and we see uh, Jesus is coming. And I talked about it last week. This picture of him marching to his death. He's marching to his death, and you see this. And nobody wants to march to their death. They always want to go the other way. Um, but Jesus is focused. He's focused on the plan of the Father. He's focused on himself being the love offering for sinners like me and you. And uh, I was uh, moved as the choir was singing that first song that so often in our pride, um, someone says, well, tell me about yourself. And, and we go in this long long explanation of how smart we are and what a great job we've had and the great things that we have done and we miss the point that our story is about Jesus it's about what he has done and so what a what a great reminder on a day like today as we're focusing on Jesus and his march to the cross As we see this, we come to the edge, really, of Jerusalem, the city that he had shared with the disciples over and over again that this is where he was going to go, he was going to die, and he was going to uh, come to life again. He's be raised again uh, three days later. And so they're just outside of Jerusalem, and he is uh, coming to the place, the destination where he had been uh, planning to go to. We see at the end of verse 1 that he sends the disciples. You, you see, I call this the parade, okay? If that will be helpful for you. The, the first part is the parade errand. The parade errand. They, they come and, and Jesus sent two disciples. In verse 2 it says, Saying to them, Go into the village in front of you. Immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Um, I realized that uh, this is Jesus. He speaks to his disciples. And when, at this point, it doesn't say which two there were. At this point, Jesus has shown himself to be an exciting guy to be around. That Jesus had plans and things going on that they didn't know about. And they'd traveled with him for quite a while. And so it doesn't say that there was any argument. But you can imagine if you just pick out two and says, you two go into that city. And when you get into the city, you're going to find and go get those uh, for me. 
and they probably went, Jesus said it. He knows what he's doing. He, I've seen him do greater things than this. I'm just going to go. You, you realize this Aaron uh, had to have been one of two things. Had to have been a supernatural event or somehow Jesus had already sent word and it was a friend and he said there's going to be a time and a place that we're going to, th- this plan is going to come together and I'm going to need those two. And the code word will be the Lord has need of these. And so one of two things, I, I think it's amazing either way that it comes together that he sends his disciples on and they come to a place and they just have this mission, this errand, and the Lord, uh, the Lord needs them. It's the, the words that they are to say. Just a reminder for us, just a reminder for us that all your stuff is his stuff, okay? I don't think this is the, the point of this passage, but you can imagine if uh, Jesus came, uh, walked into the church right now, his disciples walked into the church, and he says, uh, can I have your keys? Can I have your keys? And you said, for what? Get away from me. No, they're my keys. It's my new car. I'm, I don't even let my kids drive my car, okay? And, and, and you're saying, no, no, no. Uh, those have my house keys. Yeah, I want that too. I want that too. And you're, you're, you're saying, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I, I, that, that, that's mine. That's mine. I love my car. I love my house. I, I, I've almost got it just how I want it. I've almost got it just how I want it. It's funny how that, that just almost is like you want it all the time. And some of you have been working 30 years or so on it, right? And sometimes you almost get it there and it like backtracks on you, right? I want to tell you that all your stuff is his stuff. Some of us would uh, say to these disciples, uh, they, they say to us, the Lord needs your stuff. And we would say, well, wait a minute. What's he going to do with it? He's not going to break it, is he? It better come back clean. It better come back clean. I want to tell you, I want to tell you that if Jesus would take your stuff and break it and dirty it, praise God. Praise God. Your stuff is not worth anything apart from God using it. You know what? If you have a car, that car has got a purpose. Its purpose is to get you to church, okay? It's to take your kids to youth group. It's, it's to uh, make errand, run errands for people who can't get out. It's, it's for you to get to the store so that you can bring home food for your family. There's a purpose to it. It's not just stuff. We, don't, we shouldn't have a museum at our house. Okay? Think about that. And yet, this isn't the message. This is just the side message, okay? <laughs> Looks to the, he says, bring the donkey, the colt. I want him. I need him. And so, this is the errand that Jesus sends them on. We look down at verse 4. We see the parade prophecy fulfilled. And he says of this whole uh, donkey colt uh, errand that has been run, it says that this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying say to, to to the daughter of Zion behold your king is coming to you humble mounted on a donkey and a colt the foal the beast of burden the disciples went and did this and Jesus directed them you look at this and you see 
And and Matthew's concerned about this as he writes under the inspiration of God. He's he's constantly connecting the dots to Old Testament prophecy. Why? Why? Why would this matter? These little details. Well, the reason they matter, it's connecting the dots. It's saying, you know, the prophecy in the Old Testament was used to be a pointer to that which would come. Good stuff's going to happen in the future. It's this arrow that says, uh, God has a plan. God has a plan. And as we see these little details come together in the book of Matthew, it should gain an excitement for our soul, but not just excitement, but a clarity and identification that Jesus is the one. He's the one. If you can read the whole Old Testament and you can put yourself in the shoes of the Jews that are going from one bad part of history to another, to another, to another, and they're always looking for the Messiah, the one that's to come, and the the weariness of days, they gain hope in the Messiah that is to come. And now, Jesus is fulfilling those things, and there should be a sense of excitement but also a sense of identification. He is the one. In this particular passage, it tells us some specific things. These two passages, really two prophets molding together a message from Isaiah 62 and Zechariah 9.9 that this plan of God, that this this is now happening, that, that Jesus is the one. uses the reference in verse 5, say to the daughter of Zion. The daughter of Zion was a name for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And that's where they are. That's where they are. Say to the, the city of Jerusalem, it's happening now. It's happening now. And what is happening? What is happening? Behold, your king is coming. Behold your king. I love this sweet uh, little section that... Is prophesied in the Old Testament is reflected in the person of Jesus now. As it tells us a few things about Jesus. It says, your king is coming. For, uh, for Jerusalem, they would have realized, you know, so the backdrop is the Romans as well. I always can't stand the Romans. The occupiers. The ones that had enslaved us and took over and now they're the authority over us and we can't do what we want to do because they're over us and the prophet makes a big deal about the idea of this being your king your king and so there's this personal excitement this personal connection because now jesus is coming into his city and the inhabitants of the city would rejoice because their king is coming. You realize that um, if it's just a king and not your king, uh, it doesn't mean anything. In fact, it's annoying. It's annoying. It's just another time. And, and you think about it, the, the, think about the personal relationship. If you, uh, even this morning, if you hear about Jesus and you can't stand Jesus and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you probably are, are looking at the clock going, I hope this pastor doesn't go very long because I'm tired of hearing him already. But if he's your king, if he's your king, 
There's a sense of fruition coming to this. There's a sense of culmination. That your king is finally coming. And the, the prophet says your king is coming, but the connection now is your king is here. He's here. He's, he's on the doorsteps of Jerusalem. He, he's about ready to take the parade route in. This is exciting. He is, it's finally here. Tying myself up here. I'm so excited. Um, I, I want you to know that this is a coming, and really, this is a big deal as, as we come into the city. Your king is coming, he is here. But as I shared with you before, uh, most of the time when we think of a king, an important person, someone we revere, uh, it's different. Jesus is just different than that. So you have him coming. As the prophet uh, or prophets had, had shared, he is coming, but he's coming humble. Humble. Is that how kings come? No, in fact, there's great planning that goes into it. There's planning in this parade too. Did you get the planning? Go get the donkey in the fall. That, that's the big planning party they had right there. And Jesus was the only one, maybe this one man who owned the, the donkey was in on it too. And, and so there's not a whole lot of planning. It's bring the donkey in the fold. You see, uh, if a king, an uh, important person, someone who's got finances and power, they say, they turn to their, their planner and they say, make sure it's right. Make sure it's right. And and. You're fired or off with your head if it's not right. And you better make a big deal out of it. I remember um, in Santa Barbara, they do kind of weird things. I grew up in Santa Barbara, and I worked there for a little party company. Um, and it was a corporate party that they were uh, throwing in. So they paid, um, they paid teenagers to come and act like fans for the people coming to the party. Can you imagine this? So, so they, they, they paid like 50, 60 teenagers to come and to line the, the entrance to the ballroom. And when people got out of the car, they were on cue, supposed to scream and howl and woo and ask for autographs and stuff like that. That's different, right? You know, uh, it's part of throwing a party, a parade. It's the idea that make sure everyone's excited. But when Jesus showed up, I want to tell you, was humble, was humble, and even uh, you know what do you what do you ride in a parade? Tournament of roses, right? You got a big float. Uh, you ride a, a beautiful horse. You ride a beautiful horse. You 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 run a ride in an expensive car, so everyone goes, boy, they must be important. Look at that expensive car. You you put it all together. And Jesus didn't have a chariot. He didn't have a beautiful a horse, a, a war horse, if you will. But Jesus came on a donkey. Cold, full. Like, there was this humility to this, this picture before them. And I don't think anybody turned around and go, look at what Jesus is riding in. Man, when I get big, I want one of those. I wanted one of those my whole life, you know. Jesus came, and this was his, uh, his entrance into the city. We, uh, 
we've seen the prophecy fulfilled. And then in verse 7, we see the parade itself. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went before him followed him were shouting we'll get to that in a moment but i I want you to get this picture so um if we were going to do a parade right now if we were going to go out in our nice black parking lot nice black parking lot we were going to do a parade and i said uh we're going to do it right now Uh, most of you'd say well we can't do it right now because i haven't brought this this and this but the picture here is this impromptu parade It's that they're taking off their shirts or their cloaks or their jackets or whatever it is. And they say, put this on because Jesus isn't going to sit on on this without this. And then others were saying, well, uh, prepare the way. There's got to be a sense of parade route. There's got to be a sense of honor, the, the make level, the paths before him. It's this picture. And so what do they do? They take their own jackets, their cloaks, and they they lay them before Jesus along the parade route. It's the ceremonial carpet, red carpet, fitting for a king. They were rolling it out before him, and they were using their jackets. And I, 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 the other picture that seems funny to me is these branches, you know. It seems like high schoolers, vandalism, right? There's this picture, you can just picture the trees there, and they're, they're, someone pulls out a knife, and they're whacking things off, and they're throwing them in there. And I can imagine after the parade went by, the trees and how they were just a mess and everything. And they're going, we don't care because Jesus is here. Uh, This is important. We're just going to make it happen before our very eyes. It's a crowd. It's interesting too, this word crowd, it's for a great crowd. It's not the, the, we've seen crowds throughout the book of Matthew over and over. And what happens is Jesus Um, pulls back from the crowd he goes on he does a miracle crowds come in he starts teaching crowds come in he starts uh, talking with his disciples if he stops for a moment the crowds show up Uh, it's crowds 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 but now he comes to jerusalem and it's not just a crowd it's a great crowd it's a it's a bigger word it's a bigger word in there and as jesus and, and how how this probably comes together is this you have the pilgrims coming for pa- Passover into the, the city. We'd seen them along the road already. They were coming, so there was probably a crowd from outside the city. And then as Jesus came, there were probably those that joined them or came together with them. Hey, what's going on? Oh, Jesus is coming. And so these two crowds, one from the city, one outside the city, came to see Jesus and participated. I want to say something that's not in the scripture. It doesn't say that everyone participated. It doesn't say that everyone participated. I am sure, I'm positive of it, that some people said, what an annoying thing. What's going on out there? Oh, it's Jesus. I I can't stand Jesus. I wish all these people would get out from in front of my house. I wish these people would quiet down. I wish these people would... uh, uh, clean up their mess after you know, like there's all these things that that probably bothered many as Jesus came into the city the great crowds uh, were converging on this parade and they had a message they were shouting some things uh, I stopped right before that they were they followed him and they were shouting 
in verse 9. Hosanna to the Son of David. The, this word Hosanna is the idea of save now. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. It's, it's not just a prayer like a quiet prayer, obviously, because they were shouting. It, it was a, a crying out to Jesus, save us. Uh, unfortunately, it probably wasn't like save us from our sins. It was probably save us from the Romans. Save us from the predicament we're in right now. Save us from the awful life that uh, can you change what's going on in our life. And I realize that some of us have come to faith through prayers like that. Our health, our finances, our relational problems that we've struggled with has brought us low and caused us to cry out for Jesus. And I want to tell you that most of the time, well, I'll tell you this. Jesus' primary goal for you is not salvation from your finances. It's not. It's not. It's not just that you'd get better. In fact, uh, we are all terminal, okay? We are all terminal. And, and I, I, I don't say that lightly. I realize that that's a scary thing for us. I, we, we have to face different things. But I want to tell you this. Jesus came to be your king, that we would cry out for him. So they, they cry out, Hosanna to the son of David. They realize that he is a king, thinking probably that uh, king over the Romans. But this idea, this word Hosanna is both prayer and praise. It acknowledges their need for the one, but also acknowledges him as the need maker, the one worthy of crying out to the one who the parade is for. Okay, so it's a prayer and praise. Hosanna to the son of David. You, you look at this and uh, it says, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As, as they acknowledge, part of their other cry is realizing that God's plan is coming to fruition in this man. That he is coming as part of the plan of the Father, that, that Jesus is something special in the plan of God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then again, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. This, this idea that he is to be praised everywhere, even to the heavens. That this isn't just a local thing. That this is to the heavens. You know what this is? This is a victory parade. This is a victory parade. There's great rejoicing in the streets because Jesus is coming to town. They realize uh, in some way that he is the king. He is the king. And so they throw this parade for him. This exciting parade. I, I want to put a little... Most of you know what's coming next. Not next this week, but next next week. Okay? The unfolding, the unfolding of the plan of God. And this day is exciting, but things are going to change in the weeks to come. But that's exciting too. And, and to watch the plan unfold, you're going to want to be here. You're going to want to consider this. So Jesus uh, comes with this victory parade. And then it says in verse 10, and we, uh, this is the parade aftermath. Uh, 
the parade aftermath. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Um, I love it. I love it. Because the whole city is stirred up because Jesus has showed up. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a city that's got something going on, something different. Um, and I, I want to tell you, there is that excitement if you're a part of it, but there's, uh, there's an annoyance if you don't care about it. Well, the city stirred up and some are asking, well, what's going on? And what's the answer? Jesus is here. I, I find it interesting that they identify him as a prophet. The idea of a prophet is someone who speaks for God, someone who has a message from God. And he did. He, he did. But Jesus was much more than a prophet. They were beginning to understand all that Jesus was. They understood that he was a prophet and that he had, was a particular man from a particular town. We will see in the weeks to come the unfolding of the plan of God. This morning, I want to give us three things uh, for us to remember about the king. About the king. And, and this is important for you and for me. When we refer to Jesus to remember, this is the type of king he is. This is when, when we think of him, it's important for us to remember. First of all, he is a humble, powerful king. He's a humble, powerful king. Um... I don't know what to say about that other than uh, we know about kings, right? We know about presidents and powerful people. We know about people who seek position. And the, the idea of putting together these words of humble and powerful uh, doesn't really go in our world today, right? If a king's powerful, usually he's not humble. And if a king's humble, he's probably not powerful. But Jesus comes as a different sort of king that's humble and powerful. And I want to tell you that this is what we can expect of Jesus in our daily life. And this, if we are to follow him, will be reflected in our life as well. Humble power that comes uh, not from seizing things and bending it to our will, but in humility uh, bringing it about. Second thing I want us to remember about the king and our relationship to him is just to ask this question. Are you in step with the plan of the king? Are you in step with the, the plan of the king? We, we struggle with this. We struggle with this. Uh, if I were to ask you what your plans are this week, you would tell me. Some of you have uh, grand plans this week. Some of you have somewhat insignificant plans, but they're plans nonetheless. And you say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And some of us are going to get very frustrated this week that our plans don't come to fruition. And I want to tell you that the picture of Jesus up to this point in the book of Matthew is that he's following no plan other than the Father's. 
that, that there's this idea that Jesus and the Father are working out this plan before everyone. And people have different ideas. Don't go there. Don't do that. Uh, uh, go the other way from this city because you don't want to go there. And Jesus says, no, I am going to go there. And we'll even see this, this picture of the disciples trying to stop Jesus from going to the cross. And, and I want to tell you that it's not about your plan coming to fruition. It's about your king working out his plan in history right now. And I want to ask you, are you in step with it? Are you in step with it? Some of us, when our plans don't come about, we sit down and we pout, right? Some of you are a little bit more aggressive. You throw a tantrum. Some of you say, well, I'm a man of action. I'm a woman of action. I'll fight it. I'll fight it. That doesn't work out so good, by the way, right? Jesus is working out his plan, the Father's plan and the Son in the midst of history, and you want to be in step with what God is doing in history today. And then lastly, i just say this. Remember this. Remember to ask yourself this question. Is he your king? Is he your king? You look at your life right now. Um, who's king? Who's queen? Who makes the decisions in your life? Um, the prophecy was fulfilled that your king is coming. Your king is coming. And, and I want you to get this. If your king, there's a, there's a king here, and he came, and he's your king, what does that make you? What does that make you? His subject. His subject. His follower. And I would even say it this way. His joyful follower. His happy follower. His excited. I'm so thankful that Jesus has come because he's my king. And I'm tired of the other kings I've tried. I'm tired of the other ones that have ruled my life. I'm tired of me ruling my own life. It hasn't worked out so good. But, but is he your king? And if he's your king, then, then what happens is that what's going to fill your life this week is you talking to your king about what he wants you to do. Of seeing his plan and saying, I'm his subject. I'm his subject. And the happiest place for me will be under my king. This morning, I'll, I'll, I, I know well enough that some of you are struggling here today you're struggling with life and and maybe even fearful for next week you put some things on your schedule that you don't want to go do you you have appointments down in bakersfield or lancaster or ucla or stanford or taiwan or i don't know where you go but, but you, you dread going to those places. You dread making phone calls. You dread taking steps. And I want to tell you, you have a king. You have a king that you can trust. It, it doesn't mean those things will go away. It just means that he will walk with you because you're the subject. This is exciting stuff. And as we uh, take these steps to walk to Jesus going to the cross and to the resurrection, I want to tell you, uh, this is good stuff. And for us, it's the things that we should rejoice in, knowing that he's in control.
in our world that seems out of control. Please join us in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of being before your word. God, we are in awe of your plan worked out in your son. We see the details coming together and we realize that this plan uh, included our king making great sacrifice for people who, apart from you sticking your hand out to us, would have hated him for eternity. God, help us to humbly walk with you this week, understanding uh, our need to be your subjects. God, may we not demand our own way. May we not pout or throw tantrums when things don't go our way. But in humble, confident, clinging to your hand, may we take the steps of this life rejoicing and resting in the blessings and the riches that are found in you and you alone. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for being here today. You are dismissed.